0: The music we listen to, the conversations we have, all affects our minds. And the world around us constantly seeks to conform our minds to its sinful ways. It will entice us and it will persuade us. You listen to the wrong voices, you'll make wrong choices. Too many believers, instead of resisting, are more and more giving ground to the world's constant pressures. A few years ago, believers were selective about the movies they attended. Now those same movies we used to wouldn't go to are playing in our living rooms. The music we listen to carries the messages of the world and the world uses the medium of music to squeeze us into its way of thinking. It's just unthinkable how vile. I didn't grow up in the rap music culture. I got saved in 1983 and... I changed the music I listened to. I didn't even know they were saying all that stuff on those rap CDs. I said, is this what the young kids have been listening to for a generation now? And you wonder why they don't have a conscience? Why they're 15 years old and they shoot two or three people and don't even think about it? We didn't get here overnight. They've been hearing that. And they've been playing video games where they're just killing people and blood is running on the street. And the parents bought the games for them. And they just playing and playing and playing. It's not much difference from the video game to grabbing the real thing and going out there and acting like this video. What's wrong with us? Can't you see? Oh, ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that till he shoots you. I didn't believe my son would do that. Well, you've been training him the whole life. You've been letting everything come in his life. You don't go in his room. Uh, you don't, I don't want to take his earphones, you know. he, he needs his own room and space. No, give me the earphones and don't turn that channel. I want to hear what you're listening to. Yeah. Play it loud, play it for the whole house. You ain't got no privacy up in here. What about you? your privacy. You want privacy? Get your own house how are you going to have a kid building a bomb in the garage? You don't know nothing about it. (laughs) He got two or three guns, and you don't know nothing about it. I I go to all my kids' room. I go in the drawers. I say, all the drawers are mine. (laughs) Don't look in my drawer, and I say, I got all these drawers. The drawers with the drawers in it belong to me. see what's going on. This is my house. I need to know what's going on in here. Keep these doors open. Crack them. Another influence to impure thoughts we must be alert for is what we see with our eyes. Jesus warned us against the lustful look. Job made a covenant with his eyes. I'm not watching everything. You, You have to make some decisions that when things are on TV okay we need to turn the channel. We need to turn the channel. They do went too far with this. I don't know about y'all, but I, whenever I see two men looking at each other too close, I ain't finna wait to see what they're getting ready to do. I don't want to see that. That's nasty. People who have these orientation issues, they are deep into the entertainment world. And as soon as they got the green light, I tell you, in the last two or three years, you've seen more of that kind of activity on your TV because they got the green light and nobody's calling and saying we don't like that anymore because the believers used to call in and say, hey, we're not supporting the advertisers, but we just unbacked off. They got the green light, so the full court press is on. You're going to see more and more until it becomes so normalized. It'll become as normalized as abortions. Where you don't see people in the church even resisting and talking about abortions Because we just accept it as normal. Oh honey, if she don't want to have a child, she ought to have the right. It's a difference between a right to do it and doing something that is wrong. So the people in the church have the same mindset as the people in the world. David's look at Bathsheba was almost fatal to his spiritual life. So not only must we guard our eyes, we must carefully be sure that we ourselves are not a source of temptation. That's why the Bible talks about the modesty of the dress when we come into the house of the Lord. Women ought to dress modestly and men should dress modestly too. You ought to not be dressing to entice. But we got to where we don't even know what enticing is. When it showed so much, you ain't got much left to see. <laughs> you got skinny jeans and everything is tight all around you. see all your shape. You don't even consider how that might be looking and how that might entice somebody else. But, but that's just a fashion. That would be good if everybody was nice and shapely. <laughs> I'm done. We're through. (laughs) But they got some stuff. I'm still wondering what that was. (laughs) In one of his letters, Paul listed some acts of the sinful nature. And he said this. It's in Galatians chapter 5. These are some acts of the sinful nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And then he goes into another area that we don't spend a lot of time on. He said there's hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, and stuff like that. So we must purify ourselves not only from the sins of the body, but from those acceptable sins of the spirit. Those acceptable sins of the spirit are those things that you don't see on the outward. Those are those things that begin to also clog up that drain that keeps our prayers from being answered and keeps God from responding to us as we desire. When we neglect the things, we can't see the inner thoughts and the attitudes. I want to talk about thoughts and attitudes in us, in the church. These attitudes of envy and pride and bitterness and a critical, unforgiving spirit that goes unattended. The spirit of envy was the root of King David's warfare with King Saul's warfare with David. David was King Saul's man until Saul heard the women saying, Saul has killed his thousand, but David killed ten thousand. And Saul got so filled up with envy, he became obsessed with trying to kill David because he was envious of him. It was God who had placed him in each. Each of us in the body of Christ. We were saved by his grace. He placed us where he wanted to place us in his body. God has assigned each of us a place in life. To some, God has assigned a place of prominence. To others, we have a place of obscurity. Everybody's not the same. But God has assigned us to some place. Don't hate on somebody who's... Not doing what you're doing because you'd rather be doing what they're doing. Be in your place. Run in your lane. Stay in the place that God has set for you. All of us are important. I don't have to hate on you because I'm not doing that. It doesn't matter where we are in life or our place in the body of Christ. There's always a temptation to be envious of someone. Why the pastor called their name? He didn't call mine. See, a lot of things in the church we don't do because we're going to miss somebody, so we ain't going to say nothing. There's a lot of things we don't do because uh, if we overlook somebody, we're going to get a call, they're going to leave the church, they're going to get angry, they're going to get upset. I'm thinking, really? But that's what happened in the church. So the cure for the sin of envy and jealousy is to find our contentment in God. I'm content in God. If you don't call my name, I I know what I did. I don't have to, nobody got to lift me up or shine the spotlight on me. I didn't do this so I can get some praise. I did this so I can give glory to God with my act of service. I'm not just trying to do this because I'm trying to get a spot or get a position or get my name mentioned. God knows what I've done. See, God is keeping the record. God has your seniority envy is a defilement of our spirit. Another defilement of our spirit that has shipwrecked many Christians is bitterness. Bitterness arises in our heart when we don't trust what God is doing in our lives. We're going through some stuff and we had to go through this, we had to go through that. Now we're mad at everybody and we're mad at God. If anyone ever had a reason to be bitter it was Joseph. In the book of Genesis he was sold by his brothers into slavery. He was falsely accused by his boss and placed in the prison. You know, his boss's wife tried to uh, give him a little hookup and he turned her down and then she turned him in and said that he tried to rape her which was a lie, and the boss had him thrown in prison. So he had a right to be bitter, but in spite of all he went through, he never lost sight of the fact that God was in control of his life and God was in control of all that happened to him. Joseph ended up being the prime minister of Egypt, but he never would have been the prime minister of Egypt if his brothers hadn't thrown him into the pit and sold him as a slave to people who was on their way to Egypt. Joseph told his brothers when they finally came back together and they recognized that he was in that position, he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. There are things that happen in your life that the enemy means it for evil, but you just stay with God. Don't get bitter. Just get, God, help me to walk through this. I'm not going to be bitter. I'm not going to be angry. I know my God, I trust my God, I know that you got me. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. I'm not going to be angry, I'm not going to be bitter, I'm not going to be mean, I'm going to just trust you God. Yeah, you don't want to end up bitter. Bitterness towards people results then in an unforgiving spirit. Somebody has wronged us and we refuse to forgive that person. Instead, we harbor thoughts of bitterness toward that person. That bitterness and that unforgiveness start clogging your drain. Because Jesus was the one that says, before you come to me and ask your father for anything, you need to forgive your brother. In other words, he's saying, get up off of your knees and stop praying because we ain't hearing it. Because you got all this unforgiveness, you got all this bitterness in your heart, and you wonder why I have an answer because I'm waiting on you to get yourself together. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the Word of God to you, and we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at LOWCF. Dot O-R-G. Again, that's L-O-W-C-F dot O-R-G. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Atasca Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest. I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885.